All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, my name is Dave Everett, and uh, I'll be teaching this morning. Uh, I'm going to be teaching, uh, continuing our series this morning on knowing the Holy Spirit. I believe we're on week 9 or 10. I think it's 9. Uh, we still have a few more weeks out there. I'll come back to that for a moment. But you can, just so you know, you can review all of our previous uh, lessons or our sessions on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And as well as on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, you can also donate, give with your tithes and your offerings, as many of you have. If, you know, I don't talk a lot about this, but just, you know, this is where you're getting fed. You know, if these are blessing you, we're reaching over 5,000 people now on our, our YouTube channel alone. Uh, you know, if these are blessing you, I encourage you to, to support our ministry, you know. Uh, we teach, you know, uh, you know, you, you, this is where you're getting fed, this is where you support. You know, when I go, if I go to McDonald's, I don't, I don't pay Wendy's. <laughs> I, 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 it's not like it's a debt, that's not, it's not a bill, but, <coughs> so where you're getting, you're getting fed. And, uh, and so I just encourage you on that. Uh, probably sometime later in the year I might do another series on uh, finances. I'm not sure about uh, tithes and offerings and finances in general. Anyway, that being said, we do have a Bible study tonight at uh, 6 o'clock on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And also we have a Bible study on, a uh, new Bible study actually, on our Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock on The Believer's Authority, also by Andrew Womack. So anyway... Without further announcements, let's go ahead and get to our message this morning. Uh, talking about knowing the Holy <coughs> excuse me, about knowing the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to kick off again with our key verse from Second uh, Corinthians chapter, excuse me, thirteen, verse fourteen. I'll read it from the New King James first. This is Paul's last verse in the second letter to the the church in Corinth. And he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And then also I've been reading from the message translation or paraphrase uh, with this particular verse. And it says, the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We teach a lot in this church about knowing Jesus, knowing God the Father. When we in this particular series, I'm highlighting knowing the Holy Spirit, and uh, you know we talk a lot about knowing the amazing grace of God, the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, amazing as the extravagant love of the Father. We have many messages on those things. This one is talking about intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now I know in the last few weeks I've I've gone into some of the, what I call logistics and some of the basics of the Holy Spirit. And uh, talking about tongues the last two weeks, because that's kind of the elephant in the room. Today, I'm going to be uh, going and talking about a little bit about the gifts. I'm probably not going to go into some of the details some of you might be expecting, because my message is about knowing the Holy Spirit. It's not so much about highlighting all the gifts and talking about each and every single one of them. I will mention those this morning, you'll see. And then uh, I will, uh, I gotta go back into love. 
I said last week I was going to do, <coughs> excuse me, love first and then go into gifts, but I changed my mind. <laughs> and I guess as a speaker, I have a right to do that. And so uh, I'm going to go into order that Paul did. I know I spent <coughs> the last two weeks in First Corinthians 14. Now I'm going to go back to First Corinthians 12, go through ver- chapter 12 and then also chapter 13. After I'm done with this, I'm going to spend a little bit of time like I did with tongues and talk about prophecy. And then I'm also going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit as we t- start bringing this message to the conclusion. Again, this message is about knowing the Holy Spirit, having an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. In the middle here, I'm talking about the gifts. I'm talking about tongues. I'm going to be talking about prophecy. And then towards the end, as I talk, start talking about the fruit of the Spirit and some other, other notes that I want to bring out, I'm going to tie this back into the friendship of the Holy Spirit with all these notes to combine. Hopefully that's making sense. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. I want you to, I don't want you, in other words, there's also a reason why I'm not going to a lot of detail with all the gifts. Not because I don't think they're important and this will come out. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you know the Holy Spirit and you have the gifts, you're going to operate in those gifts. Okay. Uh, it, uh, I'm not saying it's not worth studying some of these gifts. I'm not saying that at all. And that's going to come out of my message. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. And the thing behind the gifts is love. And that's, that's, that's something I'm going to... Uh, you know, Paul, he sandwiched talking about the gifts in chapter 12, talking about the gifts in chapter 14, and he sandwiched it in the middle with the top, topic of love. He's going to go on. He's going to go on to say in chapter thirteen, if we get there today, you know, he says you can speak in tongues, you can speak in prophecy, you can even have faith that moves mountains, but you don't have love, you're nothing. You have nothing. You are nothing. Uh, we can, if we do use the gifts, and we don't have love, and we don't know how to properly use those gifts, Paul, in so many words, says you're immature. And the the gifts are not the problem; it's the immaturity that's the problem. You know, and uh, and so I'm going to get into some of that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, so with that in mind, uh, you know, uh, let, go with me. For, uh, actually, I don't have a verse for you yet. Hold on, hold that thought. Uh, you can you can head towards First Corinthians 12 because we're going to start with verse one here in just a moment. But I want to recap a couple things I said last week. Uh, not I'm not so much talking about tons right now, but I want to recap a few things that I said towards the end. In regards to love, uh, he says, you know, Paul, Paul is in chapters first, in first Corinthians chapters 12 to 14, Paul is bringing order to a very carnal and inexperienced church in Corinth. I spent some weeks, a couple of weeks ago, talking about how messed up this church was. There were some, a lot of issues going on in this church. A lot of them had to do with division. And you can imagine if he's, Paul is addressing an, a, a church with a lot of division, he's going to spend a lot of time in chapter 12 talking about unity. You know, and we need, we need unity today. There's a lot of disunity out there in that church at large. I talked a few weeks ago how we're baptized into the body of Christ. Well, there's a lot of the body of Christ that's divided. And that's wrong. That's why he spent so much time talking about the body, unity, and love. If we're using the gifts and we're disunified, the gift to the world, the gifts mean nothing. 
And we're not going to, if we don't have love and we don't have unity, the gifts will not accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish. Jesus said, by your love, the world will know that you're my disciples, not by your gifts. Okay? The gifts are important. Paul spends two chapters talking about the gifts. Chapter 12, chapter 14. 14, yes, he highlights tongues and, 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 and prophecy. But he spends two chapters talking about the gifts. But he also spent, in the middle of that, he spent the whole chapter talking about love. He's trying to bring some, you know, I use this word carnal a lot. And some people think I'm being rude or mean. But carnal just means natural. Paul says that we're naturally minded, carnally minded, it's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's Romans 8, 6. <coughs> I don't want to be carnal. I'm born again. I'm born of God. And God is love. He's not, he's not just, he doesn't just love as a, an emotion. God is agape. Agape is a noun. All the other forms, there's different kinds of words used for love. All those are verbs. But, but agape is a noun. God is love, and we are born of God. We're born again. So love should be operating in our lives, especially in regards to gifts. And as a body, okay? Uh, and so Paul's bringing some correction, because he's, he's one, he has a, as a, as an apostle, in many, in some ways as a, as a, a father figure to them. He's our ultimate father, but sometimes we need a shepherd, we need a mentor. You know, and he's teaching not to destroy the, the church in Corinth, not to not to undermine the tongues and gifts. He he he, he admonishes them in chapter one that they use the gifts well that they, 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 they have the gifts. There's some churches I need to go speak to those churches to wake them up to use the gifts. This church he 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 commends them for using the gifts, but he brings some correction. I mean, all, I mean, you know that all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. We all need some child training. We all need some training. Most jobs, if you work at a vocation, they will give you training, and even as you go along, they'll give you some modules and some training along the way as reminders. Some professions. My wife used to be a caregiver. She had training all the time. And they just needed reminders. Some of it was protocol. Some of it because the laws are changing and then whatnot. But there's all, there's, and sometimes we just need the reminders. And, and to me, if you get offended about a reminder, that's immature. Okay? We need, we need reminder. The moment you will, are unteachable, you are, will stop growing. That's arrogance. We all need to be teachable. And who's the teacher? The Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. Okay, and so in chapter 12, he talks a lot about the body of Christ and operating the gifts. We're going to spend a lot of time on there today. And then chapter 13, he talked the, called the love chapter. He operates in, we're, we're, we're to operate in the things of God that he just talked about in chapter 12, but in love, with maturity. Okay, chapter 14, which we spent a lot of time the last two weeks talking about, talks a lot, he talks a lot about speaking in tongues, but he talks a lot about prophecy and the gift of prophecy and we're going to spend a little more time on that in a, in a couple of weeks but just because you are operating the gifts let me make this statement just because you are operating the gifts and we encourage you to operate in the gifts just because you're operating the gifts 
does not mean you're mature. And it does not mean you're spiritual. Okay? The gifts are great. But it, I would rather see someone operate in love than gifts. I want to see you operate in gifts. The, the world needs you to operate in your gifts. But if you're going to operate in gifts without love, I would rather you not operate in that gift. Because you're going to bring damage. You're going to bring uh, uh, confusion. The gifts are great. Don't get me wrong. Don't understand Paul wrong. But love needs to be the motivation behind it. Okay? How many of you know you can do the right thing the wrong way? You know? Uh, and so we can do that. And then he goes in chapter 14, which we talked about a couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks. We are to pursue love. He spent the whole chapter talking about the body of Christ being <coughs> unified and operating the gifts. Then he spent the whole chapter talking about love. And then he, he, he kicks off chapter 14 talking about how we are to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He doesn't say that we're not to desire spiritual gifts. He nowhere says that. He ends chapter 14 that we are to forbid no one from speaking in tongues. Okay, but we are not to pursue gifts. We're not to pursue tongues and prophecy. We are to desire these things, especially to prophesy. But we are to pursue love. Okay, but many have pursued the gifts, but have never desired love. That's wrong. That's backwards. Okay, and then First Corinthians fourteen verse four. Again, this is just some recaps. Uh, Paul says, tongues edifies yourself. And I talked a little bit late last week about how some churches don't speak, they say, they don't, they'll declare as an ordinance almost in their church that we don't speak in tongues here. Why and why, if you ask them, some, some churches, the reason why they don't <coughs> excuse me, speak in tongues <coughs> or they don't allow speaking in tongues of church because Paul says it edifies himself. Somehow that offends them. Somehow they think because it edifies yourself that somehow it's, it, it's wrong. It's arrogant. It's pride. It's selfish. The mean, it's, that's sad that those are some people who are unlearned in the kingdom of God. We are not edifying ourselves for ourselves. We are, edifying our, we are edifying ourselves to build ourselves in our most holy faith. According to Jude chapter, uh, uh, Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 20. Okay? The word edify in the Greek means to, to construct, to build up, to embolden. That might not, that's not a familiar word to me. It might not be a familiar word to you. Embolden, E-M-B-O-L-D-E-N. Emboldened, you know, and we are. God wants us to be emboldened. We need to be emboldened, edified, built up, so we can do the right thing, so we can say the right things. If we're going to operate in the gifts, how many of you want? If you have a gift, you want to use it properly, okay? And you, if you're going to use it properly, you need to be emboldened. You need to be edified so you know when, how, where, to whom you're supposed to use the gift. There's some gifts, I mean, you know, there's some gifts, it's just not the right time to, to use it. If, if I get a brand new 
CD player with nice speakers. And I have people sleeping in my house, like my wife, 2 a.m. in the morning might be the wrong time to use that gift. Okay? There are other waking hours in the day to most people that I can use the CD player. But there's, it's a gift. It's mine. But, but there's a time in, to use it and not to use it. Okay, if I take my CD player to your church while the pastor's speaking and I put it on the max volume and I just start dancing the praise music, that might be a wrong time and location to use that CD player. Okay, I'm being facetious, but I'm trying to make a point. Just because you have a gift, we need to know when and where to use that gifts. Okay, when I was at the school, uh, uh, one of the, some of the schools I've been to, they had a rule if a child brought a toy from home, then it has to be shared. If you don't want to share your toy, leave it at home. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, I'm just trying to make some examples. You know, it's just, uh, we, there's gifts and there's freedom, yes, in the Holy Spirit. But if we don't do some things decently in order, we can bring confusion to some people. And that confusion can actually cripple them from wanting to want anything to do with God and His church ever again. And that would be wrong. That would be horrible. Okay? Because I used something that God gave me to edify someone. I actually used it maybe for the intent to edify them. But, may, uh, but I did it in a way that actually brought confusion and offense. Okay? That might not have been my purpose. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. But there's a, we need to know... How, we need to be mature to know when to use some things. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. A movie theater is not a time to talk. <laughs> you know? But after the movie, before the movie, you can talk all you want. You know? If you want to talk, go outside in the lobby. But in the movie, silence is golden. You know? I'm just trying to make a point that there's some times when you do and don't do things. Um, you know, I've seen someone, I've, I've never seen someone who is Again, I'm talking about this edifying real quick. Because this word edify is going to come a lot up a lot. It came up a lot in chapter 14. It's going to come a lot up a lot in chapter 12, 13 as well. But I've never seen someone who is depressed, discouraged, critical. One who's murmuring and complaining, and I've done that too. Yesterday we went through some traffic, and I felt myself murmuring and complaining. I was trying to bite my tongue, but after a while that tongue just started to hurt. It wanted to say something. You know, and, and so, uh, you know, I just got frustrated in, in, in the traffic. But I've never seen someone who's discouraged or in a bad mood, uh, whatever it might be, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, uh, encourage me, edify me. Okay? So, again, I'm addressing this, this attitude or this belief that people think that being edified is selfish. No, we're being edified... <coughs> by praying in tongues and in our relationship with God so that we can edify others. I've never seen someone who is discouraged edify me, but I have seen and I have been edified, built up by those who have been edified themselves, by those who have been built up and encouraged and emboldened themselves. They came because they were encouraged, because they were edified, they came and edified and encouraged me. And that is important. And there's sometimes the shoe was on the other foot. Sometimes they were down. I was up. And I was able to encourage and edify them. That's how the body works. 
you know? Sherry and I, sometimes one of us is tired or grumpy or whatever the case may be, we encourage the other. The, the, the bad day is when we're both grumpy. It doesn't go so well, okay? Sometimes we just need to go take a nap, <laughs> you know, or whatever the case may be, you know? But we need this. We need to be edified, and we need to edify one another, wash one another's feet, encourage one another. How do we do that? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit given to us. We're supposed to use these gifts. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But we're supposed to use these gifts to edify the church. But it's going to be hard to edify the church if we are not edified ourselves. And so I'm going to get into a little bit of this. In Jude, again, in Jude uh, verses 17 to 21, I'm not going to read all this again this morning, but uh, Jude... Uh, says that we are to build ourselves in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping ourselves in the love of God. How many of you know we need to be kept in the love of God? We need to stay there. How do we stay there? One of the ways that we stay there is building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Again, some people don't use tongues or don't speak in the use of gifts because they think it edifies themselves. But we're not edifying ourselves for ourselves or on ourselves. We are edifying ourselves, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Why are we doing that? So we can keep ourselves in the love of God, looking at the mercy of God. We need, how many of you know we need to... How, some people struggle on operating in faith. Paul says in Galatians 5.8 or 5.6 that... That faith works by love. We need we need faith to have love, and we need love to have faith. <laughs> they work together. Then both of them, we're going to get into this. They're both fruits of the spirit. <laughs> Our fruit of the spirit, singular. I'll get into that a little bit later on that singularness, pluralness uh, later when we talk about the fruit of the spirit at another time. But we need ha- the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our teacher. And he's going to help us stay in love. We need love. We need to operate in love. He spends the whole chapter talking about love. But somehow we know we need help to even get in love. And stay in love. And to, to look at the mercy of God. Some of us are looking at everything else but the mercy of God. Especially when someone offends you. When, someone, when, you're, when you offend someone else, you're looking for mercy. But when someone offends you, you're not you're, mercy's not even in the horizon. It's not even in the rearview mirror. We're, we're, we're look, you know, it's amazing how we only want, want mercy to be involved when we were the one that caused the offense. But when someone offends us, we don't want mercy. We want revenge, judgment, justice. You know, and, and there's a time I'm not going into all of that right now. But we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be emboldened. We need to be built up in our most holy faith so we can stay in love and look at the mercy of God and get our attention off the problem, off the offense, and get our... Because he's talking to a body, a church in Corinth, that is defending each other. They're suing one another. They are divided. And how do we fix that? One of the ways we fix that is get, get your focus off yourself, get your focus on what his mercy of God and the love of God so you can operate in the gifts to edify and encourage one another and, and as a body. 
We cannot touch our cities. We cannot touch our regions, our nations, and our world without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the love of God. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God and our most holy faith, because faith works by love. Um, okay. Um, it also says in Romans 5.5 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are to be operated within the love of God. Many have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but not all have matured in the gift that God gave them. The Corinthian church was operating all the gifts and Paul commended them for that in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 1. But they, he also reproved them because they were carnal and immature in their operation of the gifts. The gifts were not the problem. He commended them for having and operating the gifts. The gifts were not the problem. The problem was their immaturity. The problem was their carnalness, naturalness. Okay? And God's plan is not that we operate in the gifts of God carnally, naturally, selfishly, immaturely. I don't know if I said that right, but it works. God wants us to grow up into Him in all things, operating in all wisdom within the love of God. If we operate in the love of God, the wisdom of God, Operating in the gifts of God as a church, that's powerful. When we are operating the gifts, but we are divided, there's no love, there's no wisdom, that will bring destruction, that will bring confusion. In the book of James, chapter 3, I'm not going to teach on all this this morning, but in James, chapter 3, James starts out the chapter by saying, so you... With your, with your lips, with your tongue, you bless God and then you curse men. Brothers, these things ought not to be so. He talks about how the tongue is an unruly member. And yet we just spent two weeks talking about t- speaking in tongues. I mean, you know, we need the Holy Spirit to get this guy under control. But he also goes in, in James chapter 3, he talks about two kinds of wisdom. In James chapter 3, verses 14 to 16, he calls the wisdom that's Earthly, essential, that sounds like carnal to me. <laughs> Earthly, essential. And he also calls it demonic. A lot of people have a hard time with that word demonic. But there's a wisdom that is earthly, essential, it's carnal, it's demonic. He goes on to say in verse 16, where there's stri- envy and strife, there's every evil work. There's a wisdom that is earthly, essential, it's demonic, and behind it, there's every evil work. I don't know about you, but I I don't want that kind of wisdom. It sounds wise because it is wisdom, but it's demonic. But then he goes on to verse 17, verse 17, 18 says about the second kind of wisdom, there's a wisdom that's from above, and it's, it's peaceful, it's willing to be entreated. It's full of mercy and grace. It's not hypocritical. That's the kind of wisdom I want. 
And I, if, as I operate in the gift of the Spirit, being emboldened and edified by the Spirit, walking in love, keeping myself in the love of God, looking at the mercy of God, I want to operate in the wisdom of God that's from above, that's peaceful. It's peaceful. It's full of mercy and grace. I don't want to operate in a wisdom that is earthly, sensual, demonic, and there's every evil work. To me, that sounds counterproductive. I'm trying to set the world free, not embolden them to be demonic. I know that's that's a little backwards, but I'm, I'm trying to make a point, emphasize. I, there's there's some people they it's, it, they operate in a wisdom, and it sounds wise because it is, but it's the wrong wisdom. It's the wrong source. And what I just quoted from is from uh, James chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. I'm not going to teach on all that right now. I, I think I taught enough about that. So with that frame in mind, everything I just said, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, we'll pick up verse 1. Let me catch up with myself here. And he says in verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know, if you listen to my message so far, in some ways some of you may come across, well, maybe I don't want spiritual gifts. But Paul is talking to a very carnal, sensual uh, church and that are operating in all the gifts. He's not talking to a church that is against the gifts. He's not talking to a church that wants nothing to do with the gifts. He's not talking to a church that thinks that the gifts are from the devil. He's not talking to the church that, that says, I'm not, we're not going to operate in gifts because we don't want to add up. We, we think it's selfish. He's talking to a church that's already operating the gifts. And he's saying to these brethren, the church, I do not want you to be ignorant. Paul, God, the Holy Spirit... Even though everything I just said is true, I believe, I, as a pastor, do not want you to be ignorant of gifts. I am not boycotting the gifts, but I am trying to speak towards a motive behind the gifts about love, and I'm going to get to that eventually. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uneducated. I don't want you to be ill-informed. I don't want you to be ignorant regarding spiritual gifts. Paul didn't, to a church that was, in lack of better terms, chaotic with the gifts. He didn't want them to throw the baby out with the bathwater. In one sense, he just wanted them to change the bathwater. We just need to change the environment. The baby still needs a bath. But don't throw the baby out. There's nothing wrong with the baby. The bathwater is what's muddy. So let's not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. He says, I want you to know about the gifts of the Spirit and how to operate in those gifts. Many, many, many people, many Christians have gone to church all their lives and have never been taught. Many have never operated in the gifts. But like the Corinthians, they have not matured. 
Some have been taught, some have used the gifts all their life, just like the Corinthians. But they have never been taught how to operate them in a mature way. Okay? Paul did not write this to the, the church and the Corinthian church because he did not believe in the gifts. He wrote this to those who were already operating in the gifts. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. You need to learn some things. And it's okay. You know, some people don't like that word immature. Just by using that word, some people get offended. And there's some areas where I know I'm immature. I just It just tells me I need to grow up in that area. You know? Um, we can't take offense to that. We need, there's all scriptures profit for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And it, it, actually the verse starts off that all scripture is God breathed. It's breathed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave breath, gave, 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 gave inspiration to all scripture that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be equipped. There's that word equipped again. Emboldened for all things. I want you to be equipped to do all things God has called you to do. I want you to be emboldened and gifted and edified to do what God's called you to do. But if you are not going to be equipped, if you are not willing to be indoctrinated, reproved, corrected, and trained by all scripture. Any good athlete... Never became a good athlete without a, a hard coach who wasn't trying to destroy them, but they were training them. And they had to train them hard. No good professional didn't have a good teacher. And in that teaching, there had to come some correction, some maturity to use that gift, that vocation well. No good cop, no good military person, no good Navy SEAL, no good... Uh, no good parent didn't have another good parent behind them or mentor somehow, some way, shape, or form, training them how to be a good parent. You give me a room of four of a hundred kids, I can tell you which kids have been disciplined, which kids have not been disciplined. And the kids who have been disciplined, no love. And the ones who have not been disciplined do not understand love. Love is a discipline. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about punishment. Punishment and discipline are two different things. I'm talking about discipline. You know, we are called to make disciples of all nations. The word disciple and the word discipline in the Greek is almost identical. We're here to disciple people. There's a training involved. How many know sometimes with training comes growing pains? <laughs> growing pains is a sign of maturity. It's a, it's a part of the process. We're not just here to make people painful. That's not the, that's not the point. The point is we want to end result. We want to become mature. Now moving on, he says, verse 2, You know you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, how you were led. Therefore I made known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. 
Lawson Purdue, when he teaches this, and I, I do agree with him with here, he does talk about how verse 4 has to do with the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that are talked about here in 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 5, uh, five where it talks about the differences in ministries, talking about uh, Ephesians 4, the, the five uh, ministry gifts have to do with apostles. Uh, I'm not going to put these in order, pastors, teachers, uh, prophets, and, and, and evangelists or missionaries. And then verse 6, I deal with the diversities of activities uh, that we, we see in the ministry gifts uh, that are recorded in Romans chapter 12. We're not going to deal with uh, all those in this, this series uh, d- directly. And even though I agree with that, uh, uh, ministers like Andrew Womack and, and, and Dwayne Sheriff, these are some of the, the primary ministers we follow, uh, they, they don't make the, those, those uh, uh, classifications, at least in the teachings I've heard. Uh, or, or like in Andrew Womack's com- commentary, he doesn't make that um, uh, point. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. And they tie, they usually tie this into what Paul is saying here in First Corinthians 12. And I can actually buy, I can actually see both sides of the, of the point. Do you know there's some scriptures that actually have a dual meaning? <laughs> it can mean one thing in another context, but it can also mean something in this context. A lot of prophecies that way. It can actually be a prophecy for that day, but it can also be a prophecy that can also be read in another context. I'll talk about more of that later. My point I want to make here, though, is that there are diversity of gifts, but there's the same Spirit. There's the same Lord. There's the same God. Okay. There's different gifts. There's different ways to administer. There's different ways to, to uh, that these will become active. And that's where Andrew comes a lot in this. Uh, and then Dwayne Sheriff too. But who works all in all. Verse 7, 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I want to read that again. This is a key verse, I believe. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There's different gifts. There's different administration to those gifts. There's different activities of those gifts. But there's one God, there's one Spirit, there's one Lord, and the manifestation of those gifts is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay? It's for the profit of who? All. For the profit of who? All. It's, okay? God did not give me gifts because I was mature. He gave me the gifts in my immaturity. And he has called me to mature in those gifts. And any manifestation of those gifts, of the gifts in my life or our lives, are given for, not just for my gain, or our gain, they are for the profit of all. Okay? God did not give you gifts because you were worth it, you matured. He gave you gifts in your immaturity so that you can grow up into Him in all things, having a relationship with Him, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And He gave you these gifts, not for you, He gave you gifts so that we as a body can operate in the gifts for the profit of all. The purpose is, he, there's a world out there that needs Jesus. And there's a, there's a family, we have been baptized into the family of God, that needs to encourage one another. I mean, you know, there's a world out there where we get beat up. And we need to come home to the family of God, not to get beat up some more, 
but to be encouraged and be emboldened and edified and encouraged as a family. God didn't give you these gifts as a, like stripes, like a sergeant. <laughs> he gave you these gifts to benefit all, to bless all, to bless the people. Any manifestation of the gifts in our lives are not for our gain. They are for the profit of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be blessed too. I'm going to get into that. I'll qualify that. But at the same point in time, they're not for you and for you alone. I'm not saying you can't use some of these gifts for your own edification to a certain degree. But that's not the, 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 that's not the primary purpose of it. Am I making sense? If you are a farmer and you are harvesting oranges or strawberries, you're harvesting those so you can sell those so you can, you can bless other people with strawberries and oranges. That doesn't mean you can't have a strawberry. <laughs> That doesn't mean you can't have an orange. You're definitely not going to eat the orchard by yourself. You know? You're going to have oranges coming out of your ears if you do that. But that doesn't mean you can't have one. That doesn't mean you can't benefit from having some. (coughs) But the main reason you're harvesting those oranges or strawberries or whatever you're harvesting is for the benefit of all. Am I making sense? Okay? You're also trying to put food on the table. If you eat all the oranges and you don't harvest them, how are your family going to eat? How are you going to eat? Okay, it's not just, you can't be selfish in it, but that doesn't mean you can't benefit from it. Okay? They are, the gifts are used to bless and serve one another. Okay? And if you are serving one another and one another is serving you, everyone gets getting served. <laughs> You know, we, we did, uh, when I was in high school, when we had some of our prayer meetings, we did this one illustration where each of us got off our, we got off our tennis shoes. We got off our shoes. And we put them all in a pile. And we, we did two different things. The first, the first time, the first incident, the, the instructor said, now I want everyone to try to get as many shoes as you can. And we, we, we all went for the dog pile to get as many shoes. We were, we were elbowing. We were doing, doing, get as many shoes as you can. And some people, the strong ones, the crafty ones, got more shoes than their ass. There were some people who had no shoes at all. And there were some shoes that had too many shoes and they only had two feet. Okay? You know, it just, uh, but the point was, uh, some people got a lot, some people got nothing. But he says, now I want you to put all the shoes back. And now I want you to uh, get as many shoes as you can. But, but, as you get as many shoes as you can, try, the object of this, uh, exercise is not to get as many and hoard as many as you can but give as many as you can away and when everyone was getting all the shoes but they were giving them away everyone's giving away I mean shoes are flying now <laughs> you know uh, we're just giving away as fast as we can everyone was getting blessed everyone was getting shoes you were getting so many shoes you didn't even know what to do you couldn't even get rid of them fast enough my point was, when we have an attitude of giving versus of hoarding, everyone gets blessed. No one's without. No one didn't have no shoes. Okay? And so there's a point here where we're blessed to bless all the families of the earth, especially the family of God. There are ministry gifts that's, the ministry gifts are given, these spiritual gifts are given to serve the body of Christ not just serve myself. 
at the same point, they are not for me, they are for you. To bless and promote you. At the same point in time, your gifts are not for you. Your gifts are to bless and promote us. We all have gifts to bless and promote one another. And if we all do that properly, we all get blessed and we all get promoted. We all get edified. Am I making sense with that? Okay. Let's jump down to verse 8 real quick. <coughs> For to one is given the word. And okay, so verse 8 to 11, he's now going to list these nine spiritual gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay? Notice that there's nine different gifts mentioned here in these three verses. Or four verses. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Actually, I didn't finish it, verse eleven. But, and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice that in these verses, it says, for to one is given, to another is given. It doesn't say that all, someone has all these gifts. We all have. I'm not saying we can't all operate in some of these gifts. But, we don't all operate in all nine of these gifts fluently. Okay? But to one is given this gift. I am, and let me just say this, I believe any one of us can operate in these gifts. But I have never seen anyone operating in all nine. Fluently. Okay? Just because I have, a, say, the word of knowledge doesn't mean I can't operate in faith. I can't operate in miracles. But there are some people, they operate in miracles very fluently. And I, I can get into some of this specifics later. But they're not, not, no one, I have never seen anyone operating in all nine. All the time. And I, for that matter, I have never really seen anyone operating in all nine. Or, uh, but as a unified body, one of the point, major points he's making in this chapter, chapter 12, that we are a body. He's going to say that in the, in the preceding verses. I mean, in the, in the, in the next verses. As a unified body, the Spirit wants to work all the gifts together in, as a church, as a body. I mean, you know, and he, he's going to go on to say, not everyone's a foot, not everyone's a hand, not everyone's an ear, not everyone's an eye. We have different functions so that we can function as a body. If we were all eyes, you know, that would get boring real quick. But we need the body. God, God wants the body. to. We are the body of Christ. We are the, body, we are the people of God. He wants us to operate in the body. He doesn't want someone to just operate in the, I got it all. I don't need you. See, that, that's the danger about someone operating in all nine. Is they, they think they don't need the body. Because they got all nine gifts. No. Even if you can operate in all nine... That's not the purpose. The purpose is to, to give each one a gift or multiple gifts. Everyone has one of these gifts. If you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have one of these gifts. You know, I, I, mo most people have multiple, more than one. I've never seen people operating all nine. But even if you did, even if you did, well, no matter how you agree with that or I believe that, 
The point is not for you to have them all. The point is for you, for us to operate together in those gifts. Okay? If you're operating all nine and you're not operating with the body of Christ, you have missed its purpose. Part of its purpose. Because we're supposed to operate this together. Because if, if, if we were just supposed to be a hand, why not cut off your hand and let your hand just have its own life? No, we need to operate together. Okay? Um, to bless one another, to edify one another, to embolden one another, so that together we can reach our world. You cannot reach the world by yourself. You can reach the world by the body of Christ. Now, there's there's nine different gifts here, and I want to break these up real quickly. I'm not going to go a lot of detail with this. But there's three gifts that are used for seeing. There's three gifts used for something we say, and three gifts about something we do. There's three gifts here mentioned about what we see. I'll list those briefly. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning the spirits. Those three gifts have to do with something we see. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Then there's three gifts about something we say, or something that's said. And they have to do with prophecy, the gift of tongues, which has to do with public, and I'll spend some time on that later, and then the interpretation of tongues. So there's three, three gifts about something we say, prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And then lastly, there's three gifts about something we do. Okay? And these are the working of miracles. And it's the working of miracles, plural. See, so anyone can do a miracle, but there's those who are gifted in working of miracles. Gifts of healings, plural. There's, we're, all, we're all commissioned to go heal the sick. But there's those who operate very fluently with healings. And then there's the gift of faith. And we're all supposed to have faith. We're supposed to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Uh, but there's a gift of faith, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. When these gifts, these nine gifts, are work in the love of God, in harmony with a unified body, the things we can accomplish are incredible. And they're a blessing. I want to say that again because this is a major point I'm making right here. When these nine gifts are work in the love of God and in the harmony with the unified body of Christ, the things we, plural, can accomplish are incredible. I want to say that again. When these gifts work in the love of God, in harmony with the unified body of Christ, the things we, plural, can accomplish are incredible. I want to say that again. When these gifts work in the love of God, in harmony with the unified body of Christ, the things we can accomplish are incredible. And they are a blessing. They're a blessing to all. They profit all. Okay. Now, how are we doing on time? Okay, I got about twenty, a little over twenty minutes here. 
Let's go to verse 12. We'll come back to some of these things. But let's continue with the thought here. For as a body is one and has many members, but all the members of that but one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been all been made to drink into one spirit. We talked about this a few weeks, several weeks ago, when we talked about the three different kinds of baptisms. The first baptisms were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Okay, and we are body to, we're baptized into one body. Okay, for in fact, verse fourteen, the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I am I am not of the body," is there therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. We'll come back to that. We actually read a little further ahead. And there actually, uh, there's more here. I'm not going to read all of this down to verse 27. Let me just say this. For the sake of time, I don't want to read all this right now. <clears throat> He's talking to a church where there was a lot of division, and we, we, you know, when, when I talk, when I say that, and I, I and I kind of say that in a, a rebuke to the Corinthian church, I see a lot of division today in a lot of the churches we go to. Look at the denominations we have. We have some denominations some I've never heard of. You know, it just it's confusing to the world. They don't understand that. I don't understand some of it. You know, uh, there's a lot of division in the church. And, and he, he's speaking, yes, he's talking about the gifts. And we, we make this whole chapter about the gifts, and that's part of it. He only mentioned about three or four verses about the gifts themselves. <laughs> he doesn't even go into detail about them. And yet we want to spend hours and hours and hours and hours going into detail about the gifts. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, but... There's, he spends more verses in this chapter talking about unity than he does about the gifts. I'm not again. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it, we can talk about the gifts and we will. But he he spent between verses twelve and twenty seven. He talks a lot about unity as a one body, unity within diversity, unity within the church. He has not called us to the unity of a haircut, as some churches will talk about, some, some something to Paul, and they take it out of context. We're not called to unity of the, uh, of the conformity of our clothes. We are different. But there is a unity of the Spirit. Okay? There is a unity to love and to bless God, to bless His family, which is the body of Christ, and to bless our community. The world that we're trying to reach. There's different parts of the body, but we need each other. A lot, a lot of times we need the pastor, but the pastor needs you. You know, we all need to be encouraged. We all need to be edified. We all need to be blessed. 
Not everyone is a foot. Not everyone's a hand. Not everyone's an ear or an eye or a nose. You might think you're the pinky finger of the church, but we need you. We need one another. We we never want to make we can never mandate everyone to come to church and come together. But when you're not here, we miss you. You're missed. I don't know about you, but I like being missed. But I can't be missed if I'm not if I'm there. Because <laughs> I'm not there. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be valued. You know, we don't want to be possessive and we don't want to, to kidnap people in that regard. But we need one another. We are a body. And in order to fulfill the world, world of God to reach our world, we need one another. I, you, we need each other so we can fulfill our purpose as a church and fulfill our purpose individually. We need our, one another to spur one another on to good deeds. God has not made any of us to be long rangers. But even long ranger had Tonto. Even Batman had Robin. Okay? No, I mean, you know, some of the superhero movie and TV shows coming out today, they all had a team. I like that. You know, some of these movies and shows, Sherry and I could care less about some of the scientific, the, the science fiction that comes out in different things. But most of these shows, you know, one of the things that intrigues us the most about some of these shows that we have watched is a team. We love that team. We just love that. Because that, in, in some regards, and I'll just be honest, that's something we wish we had and our, our desire for. We, and even in doing the ministry we do, we love what we do, but we've always wanted a team. And each, each member of the team <coughs> has a different function, has a different need. But the team would not be a team without the team. And the, the leader of the team is trying to keep the team together. And the leader of the team is offensive when someone comes against that team and tries to dismantle and, and to disunify that team. How do you know a team that's disunified is worthless in one sense? A team that's disunified can't accomplish its goal. You know, so, uh, there was uh, one particular day I used to work at In-N-Out Burgers. And... Uh, I worked there for almost 10 years. Not I'm straight. I, I had times where I quit and then came back and whatnot. But over the course of 10 years, I did work there off and on. And I worked in multiple stores. Anyway, when, uh, when the manager I, 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 I started with, we had a very inspiring meeting that day. We had a, a store meeting that day. We had those once a month. And I, I, when we were working that sh Saturday shift, I was just—I just was pumped up. I was encouraged. And I came in. I—I I, I remember in that shift, in one particular shift, uh, I just was excited. And I—I I mean, I wasn't the brightest crayon in the drawer, the sharpest knife in the drawer, or, or whatever it might be. However you want to say that. But that day, I just felt like being the encourager. And all day I was just encouraging, uh, kind of like that dog nipping at the heels of the sheep. Not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Go, you can do this. I was just doing it all day long, that particular shift. I didn't do this every shift, but this particular shift, I was just doing that. I was like, I, even on my manager, I was like, 
go do it. I was just encouraging them, you know, and pushing for more. Back in those days, we our biggest goal, we were trying to get 200 burgers in an hour. That was always the goal. That's not so much the goal, I don't think, now. I don't work there today. And I think, because I noticed it slowed down a little bit. Uh, but uh, a lot of that has to do with, uh, for different reasons. But I just remember encouraging them. And it was a good day. We actually, we actually broke records that day with sales. I mean, you can't really control how many customers are coming in and not back there at the end of the day. But, you know, everyone left, I just thought everyone left good. And actually the manager pulled me aside at the end of the day. He thanked me for, for all the, that morale talk. You know, I it just, the stand, I mean, when you're working hard and busy, especially towards the end of the day, you can start, you know, get, get attitudes can come out. You can tired. But we were just all pumped up like a team. I mean, I felt, felt like we were going to huddle, do, you know, uh, and do some type of cheer at the end. You know, because it was just, uh, it was, uh, the, the, the morale was just very ecstatic that day. You know, and I'm not trying to point attention to me, but my point is, we, you know, we, some of the, having some of those people and having that type of attitude, encouraging and morale. I was, I'm, the reason I was sharing that story is about morale. I've been in some workplaces where the morale is just down and nobody wants to say, everyone's on eggshells, no one wants to say anything, do anything, they're just about doing their job and it was, and all that, all it was was a job. But I've also been in jobs and workplaces where people are just happy, encouraging one another and we are just gonna get this job done and, and whatnot. And, uh, am I making sense? As a church, as a body of Christ, this should be a place where we get edified and we get encouraged. And church is not just so you come and get encouraged. Yes, if you need encouragement, that should be a place. But it should also be a place where you are encouraging other people. You can, I've seen places, I've been in churches where the, the janitor encouraged me more than the pastor. And nothing negative to the pastor. It's just the, the janitor was just as filled with the Holy Spirit as the pastor was. And the, I, I didn't get to have a one-on-one time with the pastor because he was busy, but I get, did get a chance to have a one-on-one time with the janitor, and he encouraged me. He emboldened me. Uh, you know, and I, there's just been times where I've been encouraged. We need to encourage one another. The pastor can't be in everywhere. The pastor's not going to be in the bathroom and the hallways and different things at certain times and certain places and certain days in the service. He can't be everywhere. He's not omnipresent. But as a body, we can be, in one sense, almost omnipresent, in a sense, uh, as a body, you know. And so we can be encouraging one another. And we need that, especially in this day, especially in the culture that we live in, with all the evil and COVID and everything else. We might not have to be in the building, but we can be on that phone and on that texting, and in ways we can encourage one another. We need it. Especially in these last days. And there's some junk that we need to let go. There's some offenses you need to let go and forgive and be merciful. But we are one body. And if that body is in harmony, it's good. But if it's not, it's not, it's not. But can you imagine a body that's unified? Filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the life of God. Filling with, overflowing with God Himself. Because Paul prayed in Ephesians 3 that when we know the love of God, 
that surpasses understanding, we will be filled with God himself. And the Amplified Bible says, we will be filled with overflowing with God. And the very next verse says, and now to him who is able to do far above and beyond, we recover, think or imagine according to the power that is working within us. What's that power? The love of God, the spirit of God, the nature of God, the fullness of God. And when we are a church filled with God's spirit, gifted with all nine of these gifts to give a word of knowledge if we need a word of knowledge. We get a word of prophet, a prophecy, a gift, a, a tongue for, so God can speak to us. And I know I haven't gotten to all these details yet, but we can work in miracles and healings. Dwayne Sheriff, he was teaching on this. He talked about how he was visiting U, the UK. And this has nothing to do about the UK. But he was visiting. He came across this, this person or individual who says, can you pray for my boss? And he's like, okay. What, what, what is it, what's going on with your boss? Well, the boss, the boss apparently, um, him, him and his family had been out socializing somewhere, probably at an outdoor restaurant or whatnot. The kids were just a few feet away from them. And as they were just talking and socializing at this restaurant, uh, a predator came by and kidnapped one of the kids. And it had been 10 years that this child had been missing. And the boss every day came to work was always crying, you know, heartbroken for his daughter. And he said, you know, if that happened in our church, and I, or if he had known about that, if we would have got together at the church, not to have a prayer meeting like a lot of us have, but we would have been praying, praying to the Spirit, and get a word of knowledge because the Holy Spirit knows where that child is. And we're going to operate in the gifts and we're going to get a word of knowledge. We're going to get a word of wisdom until we find that child. Because the Holy Spirit knows where that child is. And that's just one example, church. If we are use these gifts, because the whole, we can, there's nothing we cannot do. There's no miracle. There's no healing. There's no work of faith. There's no word of knowledge, the word of wisdom that we cannot do as a body filled with the power of the Holy Spirit working and furnishing by love. We can reach a world. Can you imagine this? When we have love, when we have unity, and we have all the burners on and, 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 and proper unity, proper love, and we have the Holy Spirit, we have a friendship, an intimate friendship that we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit. Who knows where these kidnapped kids are? Who knows where the, uh, you know, I mean, can you imagine if you have a sales job, you just know where the, where, 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 where the cast in that. You just know all things because your spirit knows all things. He knows, your friend, the Holy Spirit knows all things and you are operating in love. <coughs> and, the, and the, you might not have love, but your, the, 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 his love has been shed abroad in your heart by the, your friend, the Holy Spirit. To love one another, to love your enemies, to forgive your enemies, and to love one another. If we operate in these things, and that's why I don't want to spend so much time on the gifts themselves. I want to talk about having a refreshment with the Holy Spirit, operating in love, operating in unity. So, because if we don't operate in unity, according to Ephesians chapter 4, we quench the Spirit. Paul spends several verses between Ephesians 4, 28 to 32. If we do not operate in love to one another, I'm paraphrasing, we quench the Spirit. We frustrate the Spirit. 
You can have the Spirit. You can have the gifts. But if you don't operate in love and mercy and forgiveness among other things, you quench the Spirit. It's like the Spirit has a short and it doesn't work. So, and he's going to go on in chapter 13. If you have, you can do all these things. You can have faith to move mountains, but you have love. You are nothing. You have nothing. But if we have love and we are operating as a body, as God has, when we were born again, the first thing that happened is you were baptized into a body. Down the road, after you got saved, you received water baptism, and then you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now that you receive the Holy Spirit, are you going to now become disunified with the body that you were just baptized into? My brothers, as James says, brothers, these things ought not to be so. You get my heart in this? I'm not trying to demagnify the gifts, but I'm trying to magnify... The operation of the power of the Holy Spirit is love, 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 and and a body that's unified. And the Holy Spirit who's in you, your friend, the Holy Spirit that you're intimately friendly with, he, He is the one. It's His gift. It's His anointing that is going to give the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the miracle, the faith, whatever it might be. You're not even the source. You're just a channel. You're just the, you're, you're just the messenger. You're just a giver. You're just a gift holder. You're like Frodo. He doesn't own the ring. He's just bearing the ring. He's a ring bearer. You're a gift bearer. You're not the source. The Holy Spirit is. But you can quench the Holy Spirit, therefore quenching the gift, because you don't operate in love and harmony. Am I making sense? And if you can have the gift that can move mountains. You can have the gift that can do the greatest miracle. But if there's no love, no compassion, there's no edifying, there's no emboldening, the me is just a piece of junk. And because it's not from God. It's a wisdom. But it's earthly, essential, demonic. And there's every evil work. Um, hopefully I'm making sense with this. Because that's my heart in this. And if if you, if we are in the love of God, if we are in harmony and unity with one another, as we should, we won't even need to study the gifts because the gifts will just be working automatically. You know, I don't need to understand the toaster. But if I plug it in and, and put toast in and put the thing, it just works. I'm not the source. I don't toast it. <laughs> you know? I don't even have the power to, you can plug me in. I won't, I won't charge. I won't do anything. All I was was the one that plugged it in and put the, if it's not already plugged in, and put, put the toast in and put the, 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 the throttle down or whatever you call that. That's all I did. And then I'm just standing by waiting for my ego to pop. You know? It just, I didn't do it. But if I didn't put the toast in, if I didn't turn it on, it's not going to do anything. I'm, just, I'm not the Holy Spirit. But if I'm not working in harmony and in the love of God, in one sense, I'm trying to toast without being plugged in. I'm plugged in the wrong source. Okay? I'm just trying to make a point. 
<coughs> okay? Anyway, I'm almost out of time. I didn't get as far as I wanted to. Um, so we'll pick it up here. We'll pick it up here. We'll pick up verse 28 next week. I, did, I knew I had too many notes here. Um, I'm going to get into, I haven't gotten into chapter 13 yet. Um, but are you guys getting anything out of this? And uh, I want, I, again, I'm trying to stir this somewhat back to our, our main point. I want you to know the Holy Spirit. Yes, I want you to operate in the gifts. But to me, if you're operating the gifts without knowing the Holy Spirit, for what pur- to what end? To what purpose? Why? The gifts will not make you look good. The Holy Spirit, the gifts should make him look good. <laughs> They're the gifts of the Spirit. I would rather be a part of a unified church than in a church that's Operating the gifts with chaos. Division like Corinth. Okay? But I want you to use... He started out this letter by saying, Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant regarding spiritual gifts. He gave... How many of you know that God didn't give you anything that's worthless? God didn't go to the cross, die, bring you a relationship with Him, baptize you with His Spirit, give you gifts for no purpose. But... If we don't operate in love, I don't care what gifts you have. I don't care if you operate in all nine gifts. If you don't have love, if we're not unified, and you don't operate as a body, then you are, in one sense, in that context, worthless, useless. And you are actually quenching the spirit. And that's, the brothers, these things ought not to be. I don't say these things to hurt you. I don't say these things to offend you. I say these things as a pastor to because all scripture is proper for reproof, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so you might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what I want. I want you to be equipped for every good work. But if there's some things, if we don't get reproved, we're not going to be equipped for every good work. We need to be able to be reproved. <clears throat> and so, well, we just worship you. I know I'm out of time for the day. I have much more to say. But Lord, I know the hour we're living in. Lord, we just worship you. We magnify you. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us afresh. Not so much the gifts, but the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we don't, at the same point in time, Lord, I don't want us to be ignorant of the gifts. I'm not teaching that. I'm not promoting that. I'm not trying to forbid people to use the gifts. But I am trying to encourage people to be in connection with the Holy Spirit and with a relationship so that we can reach our world and reach one another. There's some people in the church, they have been hurting for decades because the church is trying to do all the supernatural stuff, but they have neglected their own. They have neglected the body. And the body, in some ways, is hurting. And that's wrong. You gave us the gifts of courage, to edify and encourage one another. And Lord, I pray that you help us to learn how to be the church. So that when, by our love for one another, we can reach the world with Jesus Christ. Because that's the goal. Lord, we want to be in relationship with you. May we not be immature that we're not teachable. We're not moldable. We're not reprovable. But we are teachable because we, like an athlete want to become the best that we can be. 
as the people of God. We want you to teach us. As Paul said in the church of Thessalonica, come to perfect that which is lacking in our faith. Lord, we want to be the people of God. We want to operate in the wisdom of God as peaceful, as willing to be entreated full of mercy without hypocrisy. So we want to, we want to see the fruit of righteousness. Lord, you said that the fruit of righteousness is like the same fruit that came from the tree of life. In Proverbs, uh, I think chapter 11, verse 30. Lord, we want to be a tree of life to people. Because we are operating in the wisdom of God. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Teach us to know the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock as we talk about effortless change, which basically is talking about having a relationship with the Word of God. And so, and the Word of God, Jesus said, the Word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They, we just said from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so, and we're not changing. It's, it's, it's all good. So anyway, we'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless.